what is the setup here? I mean, who's your boss? God. What? My boss. Scott. I'm an angel. I'm one of the best, but I try. And I make mistakes. Guess he figures the only way I'm gonna learn is by mistakes. I'm kinda new at this. Hello. Welcome to Highway to Heaven Revisited. Hosted by Rachel Mayer and Joel Luders. With moderator, Sam Hine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your favorite podcast, all about that classic television show from the 1980s. It ran for five seasons, I believe, on ABC. It's called Highway to Heaven, and you are listening to the only watch-through podcast exploring the tales told on the television show Highway to Heaven. This podcast is called Highway to Heaven Revisited. I'm the moderator of this program. My name is Sam Hine, and I am joined, as always, by your two favorite, most charismatic podcast hosts. Give it up, ladies and gentlemen, for Joel Luters and Rachel Mayer. Well, hi, Sam. Hi, hey, Joel. Oh, hi, Rachel. Hi, Sam. Hello. Good Thanks. to have you here today. As always, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. How about you, Joel? Oh, yeah. Not too shabby at all. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't remember the premise of this podcast that you're listening to episode 17 of, if this is your first episode, thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Joel and Rachel watch every episode of Highway to Heaven. I do not. And they come over to my podcast studio. It's a very illustrious space. Thanks to all of those coffee sponsorships we've been getting. Now in episode 17, the studio is a four floors. I'm surprised you guys didn't uh, comment on the additional two floors that were put in the studio since the holiday break. Yeah, I didn't know if we should draw attention to it or not, but it is pretty impressive. And it's in the shape of a coffee cup, too. I hadn't noticed that till right this minute. It's sort of an abstraction, but yes, you guessed it, Joel. It is a cup of coffee because that's how much I love coffee. And there is this brown moat around us. That's actual coffee. Whoa. Delicious. Wow. At a very drinkable temperature of 106 degrees. It won't even burn your tongue. I mean, it's the size of a swimming pool. Well, it's a moat. It goes all the way around. Absolutely lovely. It's actually a quarter mile moat. So every four laps is one mile of swimming. And let me tell you guys, when you're swimming in coffee, you can go long, long distance. Wow. I've actually uh, been thinking that I should be drinking less coffee, but that seems like the wrong move to make at this point. So when I go swimming in it later and my body hair comes off like it does, there's something that's going to clear that out. Yes. But I will say like most hot tubs used in North America, the foam on top of the coffee moat is primarily the main component of it is human skin. Hmm. I think I'm going to stand by my giving up coffee. Let's just go with <laughs> I'm giving up coffee now. We don't need beverage moats to prove that we're successful. I'm okay with the level of success we have, guys. Okay. Agree to disagree. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now that we're all here, what episode of season one are we talking about today? Episode 19. 19? Mm -hmm. What is the title of season one, episode 19 of Highway to Heaven? A Match Made in Heaven. Definitely the first thing that comes to mind is this episode is going to be a little kid. It's about a little kid (laughs) who uh, has to learn about not playing with fire. He's been playing with matches. There's some incidental arson. And then through the power of Jesus, he and his mom will get a new house to live in by the end of the show. Not very close. Furthest off. Not the furthest off. A little further. Well... (laughs) 
<laughs> I could be further you could, off. You could, you could be, be further. further off. Yeah. Before we get into this, have you guys noticed that there does seem to be some debate amongst our many, many fans, even at this point in the season, episode 19, about whether they should be watching the episodes before listening to the podcast or just listening to the podcast? Yes, I would have to say that there's a sentiment where they feel moved to watch along with you guys. I think you guys are doing a great job at getting people interested in this show. I, of course, have to remain ambivalent to all of that feedback. Yeah, you don't really get an option, Sam. No, what I've got to stay on this side of the pond. Yeah, otherwise our whole premise is shot. That one is a given. What do you think, though, Joel? As somebody who, like, for example, you know, has listened to a lot of How Did This Get Made? I've watched the movie and then listened to the episode. I've listened to the episodes, then watched the movie. Or I've just listened to their episodes. Their show is way better if you've watched the movie before listening to the episode. Huh. Yeah, That is interesting. Hmm. I actually haven't watched a sing. Well, okay. I've never watched a movie that they've reviewed prior to listening to the podcast. I have seen some of those movies way back in the day because of my father's occupation working at a video rental place. So some of those crazy movies they have watched, I remember my father bringing home for the family to watch in the evening because he had access to all of the movies. But I have watched a movie after listening to an episode about a movie, but I've never watched the movie before listening. I don't want to go out there and say that our podcast is not going to be super funny standalone. You don't have to watch the episodes for our show to work. With our podcast, we explain every little detail. Yeah, and those set guys up. on those podcasts, they somehow consolidate their conversation of a movie. They go into detail, but like they don't go through every emotional beat like we do on this show. Right, because I believe they have all watched the movie, right? Yeah. I don't want to disparage the people who may be finding joy mm -hmm. from watching the episodes with mm -hmm. you, but I guess my main question for them would be, is the show tremendously aggravating, having watched the show with Joel and Rachel, that I constantly ask the wrong questions and bring the show incredibly off course, almost at every opportunity. I mean, if anybody's at fault for why this show is like four hours long, it's probably because I'm talking too much and asking dumb questions. Questions. And would they rather hear you guys tell me the story and then I just say things like, oh, that's nice. Oh, strange. What happens next? I think the answer I'm getting from this discussion is we're not going to know. We're really just not going to really know gonna until... Know. I mean, you are our audience surrogate in this case. I feel like as a person who doesn't watch any of the movies on How Did This Get Made, I still enjoy that show quite a bit. So I'd encourage people to stay on this side of the lake with me and not watch this show. But if you're more team Looter Mayor, which is fine, we're all team Looter Mayor. If you want to watch the show along with Joel and Rachel, be my guest. Ultimately, Sam, having watched now 19 episodes of the first season, of uh, Highway to Heaven. I want more people to watch it because it does seem to be the salve for a lot of modern soul sickness. Okay. I think that's a good way to put it. And I don't think that hearing us describe it, it's like having someone describe a Band-Aid to you when you actually need a Band-Aid. Are you saying I need a Band-Aid? <laughs> we all need a Band-Aid. Come That's on. That's true. Most of us need At a couple Band-Aids. The very least, yeah. Season 1, Episode 19, A Match Made in Heaven. Where does our current tale begin? We fade in. It's nighttime. We're indoors. And we see a bookshelf 
full of legal textbooks. The camera is panning across these books. Then it cuts over and you see a state university graduation plaque on the wall, like a diploma. And Otherwise known as a diploma <laughs> on the wall. And the diploma is made out to one Scotty Walker. As we're seeing the diploma, we also have credits rolling over the screen. And we see that our actor is James Troche, who's playing Scotty, who is an earlier character in the season. And just in case it's not completely coming back, we're continuing to pan around the room. We're panning around the room and in the background we hear the sound of a dot matrix printer. And then we see a computer and a keyboard and we see a stick. A mouth stick. Poking the letters on the keyboard. Okay. And the camera follows the dowel rod up to the mouth of uh, Scotty Walker. Yeah, it's our friend Scotty, the paraplegic from... Quadriplegic. Quadriplegic, excuse me, from our L- Lemonade episode <laughs> way, way back at the start of the series. Uh, fresh that was batch a of two-parter, fresh batch of episode lemonade. five. Yeah. Scotty was the... Long conversation, that one. <laughs> Good Lord. There's a lot to talk about in that one. He was studying right. to get his law degree Correct. at the rehabilitation facility during the two-parter, a fresh batch of lemonade. And so now Scotty has graduated from school. He's gotten his law degree. He's a legit lawyer. He is a legit lawyer. And as the credits are coming in at this point, we also see that James Troche, he and his wife, Teresa Troche, wrote this episode. Okay. Interesting. I noticed that as well. Scotty from earlier in the season is back. And I was really excited when I saw that. I was like, oh, it's Scotty. Scotty is a good character. I was too. We cut to the next scene. It's John and Mark at night driving in the car. Oh, you know, I can't wait tomorrow. I haven't seen my cousin Diane since she was knee high. I know. Yeah? That's right. I told you, didn't I? Many times. Well, I'm excited. You know, it's family and all. I appreciate you letting me take time to see her. Uh, That's no problem. We'll mix a little business with pleasure. What do you mean? We, we got an assignment? Mm-hmm. Hey, do me a favor and pull it up ahead there. I want to make a phone call to an old friend of ours. And by the way, thanks to a website I found called the Internet Movie Car Database, Mark's car is a 1977 Ford LTD2, which is a vehicle that's notable as it was one of the largest vehicles ever produced. Back when cars were American and made out of metal. After 1977, vehicles started getting smaller and smaller. So this is as max an American car as you can ever have. It's six and a half feet wide and 18 feet long. Whoa. 18 feet long? Wow. Okay, that is great knowledge. The mystery is finally over. For those listeners who have been screaming it in the microphone, it's 1977 Ford LTD2. Correct. Thanks, Joel. What a factoid. So Jonathan says he has to stop the car, get out of the car, go find a telephone, and make a phone call to his old friend Scotty, who lives in the same town as Mark's cousin, Diane. I'm, I'm tracking with you so far. So we got to find a pay phone. Mark says, oh, is Scotty in trouble? What's going on? And John's just like, oh, no, let's find yeah. out. But he's really excited to see Scotty. He's like, oh, man, yeah, let's see how the guy's doing. It's been 14 whole episodes since we saw him last. Yeah, I didn't record the dialogue, but at some point he does call Scotty. I can't seem to remember the actual phone call, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, in point, the next make... scene, we're in Scotty's office. Oh, that's why I can't picture Jonathan's side of it. Yeah. Okay. And we see Scotty talking on the speakerphone. Hello? Scotty! Jonathan Smith, your pushy ex-therapist. Jonathan, how are you? Hey, terrific. I was in the neighborhood. I thought I'd give you a call. Where are you? A couple hours away. Mark's going to visit a cousin in town. I thought we could get together. How are you at dinner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. 
Hey, all right, I'll give you a call tomorrow after we get settled. You got it. Boom, hard cut. It's daytime. We're inside of an office business. This lady in a red suit dress comes in. A suit dress. I I mean, yeah. it is a suit dress. It is very fancy. It's wow. bright red, like fire engine red with like white piping. And shoulder then pads? She, definitely shoulder pads. Tight waist, kind of a pencil skirt. Business dress, mm-hmm. but it looks pretty fashionable for the 80s. But then she's got on this big wide-brimmed red hat. Oh, man. Same she's making a statement. Dress. Yes. It is quite the outfit. Yeah. She comes in. She's probably in her 30s. Yeah. Early she, 30s, I would say. She comes in. She's fuming. She marches up to this guy at his desk. Old white man at his desk. And she's like, what's the meaning of this? And like throws some papers down on his desk. These are my drawings. These were my specs. And you put your name on my stuff. These now say they're your drawings of the hotel. These are my drawings. Why is your name on my drawings? Okay, so this lady's an architect and her intellectual property has been usurped by a privileged white man in her firm. You zeroed right in on that. (laughs) And He acknowledges this. But he says, this is business, little lady. He doesn't say little lady. No, he says, I'm sorry I had to do this. It was a strategic decision. Believe me, I'm sorry I had to do this. But this is a business. And this project is very important to the company. Don't you think I know that? Just hear me out. Carver is an old man from the old school. I realized as we were getting down to the wire that he'd never accept our concept if it came from a woman. Our concept. It's my concept. Now, wait a minute, Diane. I had a lot of input here. If you consider buying drinks and lunches for a client as input, then I'd say you're right. I don't like your attitude. I mean, I'm the one who took a chance on you. And I delivered. My work must be very good or you wouldn't steal it. I don't like the sound of that. I think an apology is in order. Yikes. And she says, so he says, I think an apology is in order. And she says, so do I. I'm waiting for it. Stand off. And he's he's like, you'll have to wait for hell to freeze over. Yeah, because I'm a man. I don't apologize. I'm over 42. I don't apologize to no woman. No. And so then uh, she says, you know what? Fine. I quit. I'm clearing my stuff out. I'll be gone by the end of the day. And then she heads towards the door. And then she turns around at the last minute and says, and by the way, way you have without a doubt the worst breath i have ever smelled (laughs) death breath and and he does the classic cups his hands in front of his face and tries to smell his breath Mm. it looks very concerned does he look like the kind of person that would suffer from halitosis it wasn't the first thing i thought of when was he lacking of dental hygiene no, he looked very clean. I'm on her side. People need to like not usurp people's ideas. Oh, it's my company, so therefore your ideas are my ideas. I get to take all the credit for your ideas, especially if you're a woman. I'm glad you picked that up because I'm pretty sure this was meant to convey that he's the bad guy. I mean, the one thing that I did like was that at the very least, he wasn't like, hey, little lady, but he was like, the next person I would hand this to would be like, hey, little lady. So I did change them. I know that that's wrong, but I'm trying to be the middleman. I didn't get that impression that he was like, I know that's wrong. He's like, well, I'm part of the problem, but I'm not like the node of the problem. I only took your name off of it because the even older, more square white guy that I have to answer to is a real old school stick in the mud. Yeah, it doesn't justify what he's doing, but it was at least a little bit better than it just being uh, completely black and white. Well, that guy's going to come around 
around later to learn some lessons, I think. I think that guy's going to get his by the end of the show. We'll maybe just never see him again. All right, so now our next scene, we're following this woman. She is now in her apartment sort of angrily unpacking things. You know, she's got her box of stuff that she took home from the office. I wrote that she's upset. Taking the potted plant out of the banker's box and just slamming it down on the counter. And then the doorbell rings. I wonder who it is. Who could it be? (laughs) It's Mark and John. Hey, Mark and John are here. Guess who this woman is? Mark's cousin. Mark's cousin, Diane. Yeah, Mark? Well, of course it's Mark. Who else would have a face like this, huh? <laughs> and they, la- they laugh. And then he's like, look at you. You're gorgeous. And she's like, oh, thank you. Was she still wearing her hat? No, no hat. No, but the red dress, yes. She tells him that she's quit, but that it's really great to see them. Yeah, she seems like in pretty good spirits. They seem happy to see each other. Well, it's nice not to be alone after you've had a bad mm-hmm. day. Yeah, and that's what she's like. Oh, come on. I'll put on a pot of coffee, cuz, and tell you my troubles. He's like, great. Let's do that. And then uh, John's like, hey, mind if I use your telephone? I'm going to call my friend Scotty. Maybe we can go out for dinner later on. Okay. So uh, he calls Scotty, and then he does this whole little bit about like Chinese food. Hey, guys, y'all like Chinese food? And everybody's like, yeah, we love Chinese food. Yeah, Scotty, great. Let's get some Chinese food. Is it cool if Mark brings his cousin? Okay, bye. I don't know why they made such a big deal out of it being Chinese food, other than we get to move into a scene in a really cool restaurant. Oh, no, 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 wait. There's got to be some, you know, it's going to be some tricky chopsticks. You totally are understanding more than I did. Oh, yeah. Sam, did you watch this? No, I did not watch this, but I am definitely a student of television. I feel like my AI is getting wired to like what the formula of this show is. So my predictions, they get a little more zeroed in every time you guys tell me a story. I'm like, oh, that's what they're going to do. I think that's accurate. I think by the end of season five, we'll just be able to (laughs) tell you the name of the episode and you will be able to describe scene by scene, beat by beat, what takes place. You're going to be the only one talking by season five. (laughs) These episodes are going to get really short. Yeah. And slowly my voice is going to morph into that of our narrator who opens up the podcast will be like <laughs> season five episode 24 the final countdown john and mark are seen driving in the car light country music plays on the radio <laughs> sounds accurate so now we're at the chinese food restaurant so imagine paper lanterns lots of hanging baskets of plants a big rock wall lots of detail very high late 70s style yeah it looks like a high-end late 70s early 80s Chinese restaurant. They are dressed up. Diane is wearing a different dress. No hat this time. But I think the guys are wearing suit coats. Does that seem right? Yeah, I mean, they're looking a little cleaned up. Yeah, it's a spiffy restaurant. As we walk in, Scotty's telling a joke and everybody's laughing and then Diane interjects with like, oh... That's enough. I'm supposed to be depressed about losing my job. Pop making me laugh so much, Scotty. So in the middle of the chase, it starts to rain, and the police car loses it, slides across the street and hits a parked car. So the officer gets out, starts to write a note to leave in the windshield. When all of a sudden this guy sits up in the front seat smelling of booze and says, Gee, I'm sorry, officer. I didn't even see you. (laughs) Oh, no, come on. That's enough, Scotty. I'm supposed to be depressed about losing my job, remember? Sorry, I forgot. 
She can't stand laughing her ass off around the Scotty Walker character. Such a good time. She's having such a good time. She leads them in a toast. She says, let's all make a toast. So they raise their drinks and they toast to the building that she was building. And she says, may their roof leak. Then Scotty's like, Henley Towers, huh? I'm doing an independent audit for the same company. Is that Carver Henley of Henley Tower Architects? It is. She's like, indeed. Well, and it sounds like Carver Henley, who Scotty is doing the audit for, is like the big boss. And Diane's boss is like the guy underneath him. Or it's the client they're designing the building for. Oh, that's kind of the feeling I got. You're right, Joel. You're totally right. He's working for the client and Diane's company was working for the client. They're both focused on a similar... Glad Joel is here to explain this show to me. Me too. Thanks for being here, Joel. You're welcome. Yeah, so he's the client. And so he's like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, you know what? Let me just try to help out in some way. I'll do what I can. I'll talk to this guy. And she's like, sure, I guess. It's not not going to hurt anything. It won't hurt anything. What else can I lose my job again? Okay, so Scotty's going to intervene on Diane's behalf, potentially, if if the opportunity presents itself, which it probably won't in this kind of show. But (laughs) anyway. At this moment, then the waiter comes in and he brings, he's like, ah, hors d'oeuvres, everybody. And he sets down a plate in front of everyone of Chinese food hors d'oeuvres. At this point, everybody starts jumping and digging in, and John pulls out his chopsticks and grabs uh, like a little piece of... Uh, dumpling. Dumpling. Grabs Dumplings. a dumpling and feeds it to Scotty. Yep, and Mark goes in with his fork, because it's Mark. You know, everyone else is using chopsticks, and John's like, you can't use a fork, you have to use chopsticks. Kind of shames... Oh, well, we have a little more shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. It's not that hard to try to use chopsticks. Don't be a dink and be like, can I get a fork, please? Struggle around for like five minutes with the chopsticks. That's all Jonathan is saying. Give it a try. Mm -hmm. And Mark just can't do the chopsticks. Everyone's laughing. And John's feeding Scotty. And while he's feeding Scotty, Scotty looks over at Diane and they make eye contact. At first, Diane is a little bit uncomfortable. Understandably. In, in, with her eye contact. But that little look of uncomfortability from her slowly turns into a smile. And she's smiling at him. Mark can't do the chopsticks. No, Mark is making a very big show out of using his chopsticks with two hands, poking the dumpling. He gets it up by his mouth, and then it falls. Like, what? He just doesn't have the dexterity necessary. <laughs> Diane, I'm afraid there's two of us that can't eat with chopsticks. You better feed your cousin. But it's it kind of funny. It, it was kind of funny. All right. It lands. She, she's like, okay. And so she starts feeding Mark, and it's funny. And he goes, real cute, Scotty, real cute. And then he's like, do it like an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> now you just made it even weirder. And there's a little more of this kind of smiling between Diane and Scotty, and it's kind of awkward. You don't know if it's awkward because she's watching someone being fed, or if it's awkward because they kind of like each other, maybe. I don't know. But then that's awkward because, like... He's in a wheelchair. Oh, I've been thinking Scotty's wife is at the table, too. But Scotty's married in real life, but he's... This show is based on their love story. They're showing us a 47-minute riff on how their love came to fruition. Pretty much. But Scotty's character is not actually married on this episode. No, no, no. He's single. Yeah, he's just a single, viable male out in the world. He's a lawyer. Running his law firm, typing his papers. Being super funny. And so now they're leaving dinner. They're walking outside of the Chinese food place. They closed down the restaurant. They're joking about them turning off the lights, like putting up the chairs. They were going to kick us out. Everyone's just laughing on the way out and uh, we come up to a big old custom van it's scotty's van and his driver 
But his van is a 1974 Dodge Tradesman, which is like the king of custom van culture. Yeah, from like the eight, from like the 70s and 80s. When you think of like a custom 70s van, mm-hmm. this is what you're picturing. Okay. And he's got a driver named Larry who's uh, opening up the side door and opening up the hatch so there's like a ramp to get in. Yes, it's, a, it's a handicap lift. accessible. Yeah, it's a lift. Hold on. Sybil, go lay down. You don't want to go outside. It is winter time. Go lay down. Go lay down. Go lay down. Shut up and go lay down. Seriously, you are killing me. Don't look at me. Go lay down. Go lay down. Okay. Maybe she'll shut up for a while. She wants to go outside, but it is January outside. She'll be outside for five seconds, and then she'll come in. Fifteen minutes later, she'll be like, it's probably not winter outside anymore, guys. I need to go back out there. She'll be out there for 30 seconds. She'll come back in, and it'll just continue. So she needs to just be like a cat and go take a nap. The sun's out. Go take a nap. All right. Thank you. If that's funny, we'll leave my chastising of the uh, studio cat (laughs) in the podcast. Sounds good. So, yeah. um, Scott. Yes. No cats are ever harmed in the recording of this podcast. No, Sybil's living a very good life. She is an old lady, and she's very bossy, and she only responds to a stern point of view. She just doesn't understand that it's January in Minnesota. Nobody wants to go outside. Especially to use the bathroom, okay? (laughs) Sounds horrible. It's fun to sneak out into the bushes and do your business in June. But totally like, agree. I, I, it only puckers you up if you go outside in January, okay? Mm. It doesn't work for anybody. No. So everybody's getting ready to go home, and the arrangements are a little weird. Mark is going to drop Diane off, but Jonathan is going with Scotty, and then Mark's going to come pick up Jonathan at Scotty's apartment. And again, I think they just did that so then Jonathan and Scotty could have a conversation. Scotty's like, ah, I'm not ready to go home yet. I'm still feeling kind of just like amped from this night. Maybe if we just go for a walk together, I'll be ready to go to bed. So they decide Jonathan and Scotty are actually just going to walk home. Larry's going to meet them with the van at home. So uh, Mark and Scotty are walking and they're chatting about Diane. Yeah, Scotty can't shut up. He's just like, that Diane, she sure is a nice girl, got a good sense of humor. And he just keeps being like, I talked too much, didn't I? I?" And he just, we won't shut up. He's like, I don't know why. I just jabbered on and on and on like a politician. I just kept talking her ear off. John's like, You didn't talk too much. This guy's like, I I think I talk too much. And John's like, hey, why do you ask for my opinion if you don't care about my answer? Yeah, you're disagreeing with everything I say anyway. Scotty's like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But I just have to say one more thing. And Jonathan's like, what? That Diane is sure a nice girl. And then they all kind of laugh. Scotty's got it bad. Yeah. He He wants to see Diane again. Yeah, Scotty has had a good night. Now it's morning time. We are outside Diane's apartment complex. We see Scotty's van pull up. And Mark and Diane are coming out of the front door of her apartment. And they walk down the steps and they see Scotty waiting there. And they're like, Scotty, what are you doing here? And he's like, the big boss wants to see you. Carver, the guy he said he was going to talk to, apparently the intervention went really well. Scotty explained the situation. Yeah, he said somehow he got the originals. It looks like a messenger must have delivered them by accident. Your original plans, they had your name on them and everything. Yeah. How could that even happen, guys? Yeah, because Diane's like, whoa, my boss had the original plans. I don't know how he could have gotten them to Carver. Smells like angel magic to me. He says Carver wants to see at 3 p.m. And Diane's up for it. Diane is actually on her way to an interview, which is pretty impressive. She left her job and got an interview the next day. Less than 12 hours, really. You better cancel your other appointment. This could be it. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Scotty, keep your fingers crossed for me. How about my eyes? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> These guys have got some serious chemistry. Apparently, yeah. We're going to Scotty's apartment. Yep, we're in his office. The phone rings. The camera starts and we're behind Scotty's head. We see the back of his head. We see the phone. And the camera does this kind of just slow pan through this whole scene just around his head and finally finishing with a straight on shot of his head. Diane is called and said, hey, I got my building back. She got her job back. She got full control of the building. And apparently she's getting a new office that she gets to pick out the office furniture for. Sounds like the old guy isn't as old school as uh, referred to previously. I think that's plausible. Yeah, she tells Scotty, hey, thank whoever sent those plans by mistake. And uh, hey, if you ever get a chance, give me a buzz. And then they hang up. Give me a buzz. That means take me out for drinks, big boy. And Scotty kind of gets it after he hangs up. He's got this look on his face like, ooh, I think oh. I might have missed my opportunity there. Oh, he thinks yeah. he missed the opportunity. Well, he's kind of like, oh, shoot. He looks a little despondent. Should have maybe she was asked her right then. But you know what? He didn't miss his opportunity. No way. He's got her phone number now. Like, she legit found a way to make sure he has her phone number. He has her phone number. But the next second, his phone rings again. Diane is calling Scotty back. This is electric. It's like a lightning storm between these two. <laughs> Hello? Look, I, I know you have a lot of work, but, well, I feel like celebrating. And, and um, well, you're the one responsible. So how about having dinner with me tonight? My treat, though. Well, uh... Well, I, I understand if you can't make it, but, well, at least give me a rain check. Well, my father always said, never put off today what you can do tomorrow, <laughs> and that's not right. <laughs> uh, what time tonight? <laughs> Why don't you pick me up at 7.30? Great. Um, Larry will be with me, you know, t- to drive, and uh, see you at 7.30. <laughs> oh, don't, don't dress fancy. Uh, see ya. Larry! Larry! You okay, Scotty? Of course I'm okay. I got a date. No dressing fancy, so she's going to leave her big statement dress at home yeah, at this celebration a, date. Joel and I were watching a documentary yesterday, and they were saying someone had a... When was the set? Like in the 1930s or 40s? They referred to somebody buying a phone dress. Oh, yes. A dress that you like wear. It was like a socialite who would buy her phone dress, and it would be the casual dress that she would wear at home during the day when she received her phone calls. Wow. So I'd say it's along those lines. Just a casual phone dress, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. History is fascinating. Well, good for Scotty. Yeah. Okay, so our next scene starts off a little weird. We're back in Mark and Jonathan's apartment. And Diane is there feeding Mark some more. <laughs> and he's no. like an airplane. I told you. Come on, like an airplane. <laughs> like a train. <laughs> no, no one's feeding anybody. But Jonathan is in the bathroom. For what reason? This is what Mark says. Mark comes in. He's like, John, where are you? I'm in the bathroom. Why? What for? Jonathan's in the bathroom, so we get a chance to have a shot of the bathroom door opening and Jonathan walking out wearing a real cute messenger hat and coat. Given his angel powers, he doesn't even need to be in the bathroom to change his outfit. He can just literally like switch his clothes. Yeah. I mean, if he can make like a canister of cottage cheese, he can literally just blink and he can be in this messenger uniform. Apparently he wanted to come out of the bathroom in it. Well, uh, that does make a bigger statement and probably is much cheaper on the special effects budget of this episode. That's probably the reason. So in case we didn't already know, Jonathan intervened and got the plans to Diane's boss. He's the reason she got her job back. And then Jonathan informs Mark that Diane and Scotty are going out to dinner to celebrate. And Jonathan tells Mark that Jonathan is going as well. And Mark gets a little bit like, what? Why are you going? And Jonathan's like, oh, don't worry. They don't know I'm going with them yet. Why does Jonathan have to be the third wheel on this date? 
what are you doing, Jonathan? You know, these guys have a lightning storm of chemistry going on. It's like Hurricane Hugo in between them. You know, it's an electric connection. Sam, don't don't make it into a tripod. Mark is like making a little joke like, oh, why does Jonathan get to go out to eat? He doesn't even eat. I won't be real late. Take it easy. What's going on? I don't know you. You don't know you. My cousin, he goes to dinner with her. He doesn't even eat. So hungry, I could eat a horse. <laughs> That's cute, Jonathan. Cute. I just thought that was weird. Right? That is incredibly like weird. Yeah, somebody thought they were being funny. I um, thought it was funny because Mark got to just be like, whoa. They didn't feel totally out of place. It was okay. just silly. So they're going to go out for hot dogs. We are now at the van, and it's nighttime, and Larry is out there in his red letterman jacket. Drunk well, as a skunk. No, he's not drunk, no. but he is frustrated. Frustrated. Because the van lift isn't working. He can't get it to work. And Jonathan comes walking up just because that's what Jonathan does. He shows up. First, he plays it cool. He's like, oh, did you call the repairman? And of course, Larry tried to call the repairman, but it's nighttime. Nobody can come out until tomorrow. And Michael Ann is like, well, if there was only somebody around here that could fix this car. He's getting a little smoother, though. He doesn't want to be quite that obvious. And Jonathan's like, you know what, Larry? Take the night off. I'll go up and talk to Scotty. I'll break the news to him. And Larry seems like a pretty good employee because he's like, oh, no, I can't do that and then jonathan reminds him oh no i helped him at the hospital like i can take care of scotty it's cool and then larry's like oh okay see ya larry just walks off so this is a double angel magic moment Mm -hmm. yeah larry goes walking off and then jonathan fixes the lift so michael landon is driving scotty to the date they're now in the van having a little in-van conversation just like oh i can't believe you got it fixed yeah must have just been a loose wire oh i'm so happy the van is fixed jonathan asks scotty are you nervous and scotty plays it cool he's like about what Scotty is wearing a brown matte leather jacket and a black and white striped sweater. Pretty slick. John is driving. Scotty's in the back seat and the camera's kind of in the very back of the van. And Scotty's facing the camera and John is facing the road. So they're kind of talking over their shoulder to each other. Jonathan starts quizzing Scotty about, are you nervous? And Scotty's playing it cool. He's like, about what? It's no big deal. We're just having dinner. She just wants to say thank you. And Jonathan's like, "Uh, she already said thank you on the phone. This is a date. Scotty. Now she really wants to say thank you, Scotty. Yeah, this is a date, dude. I hope you brought your date game and not your, oh, well, thanks for taking me out, self-pity game. But then Scotty (laughs) does crack a little bit, right? He does. Yeah, he's like playing it cool. And then Jonathan's like, oh, you're not nervous? And Scotty's like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I'm dying. (laughs) I don't know what to do. He's like, it's been a long time. Who do I have to pretend to be to make her like me? Scotty's pretty nervous. Yeah, it's a date. All right, so then are we at the restaurant? We are. There's lazy slide guitar country music playing in the background. More hanging plants. A lot of uh, amber-colored frosted glass kind of motif around them. Are we at a steakhouse perhaps? It's a barbecue place. It's a barbecue place. Yeah, it's a barbecue place. Excellent. What happens? We're at a barbecue place. It is the three of them, Scotty and Diane and Jonathan, and the waitress comes over and Diane's like, everything in here is so good. You're not going to go wrong. And Diane orders ribs and coleslaw, and then it's Scotty's turn to order, and he's like... It's all messy food. Yeah, he doesn't want to eat it because it's so messy. But then he's like, well, I guess I'll get ribs. Ribs are kind of a tricky choice on a first date if you can use your hands to eat. Yeah, they're you know? a very tactile kind of food experience. Yeah, it's yeah. a tricky thing to feed somebody else. And a 
lots of sauce involved mm-hmm. usually. So suddenly another person comes over and tells Jonathan he has a call. Of course he has a call. So he leaves. John leaves them. And it's awkward. And Scotty looks just nervous. He almost looks sick to his stomach. Yeah. And yeah. then they both like start talking at the same time and then they laugh and they're like, you go, you go. And they just are both saying that they're glad Jonathan could fix the van because they're both happy to be there because uh-huh. they like each other. But they didn't say that. It's just obvious. And then Jonathan comes back at this point and he's like, sorry, guys, I have to go. That was my boss and he needs me. I'll see you back at the apartment. Diane, you can drive a van, right? Ask Scotty. will show you how the controls work. It's no problem. So he is not sticking around, Sam. He's Whoa. not going to be a third wheel. He's out of there. But you two don't think that this is the kind of vehicle that Diane actually needs like a class B license to drive? No, no. Okay. Mm-mm, not at all. For me, given my initial reaction to Jonathan wedging himself in on this romantic time, yeah. he's all of a sudden gone. He just leaves. As soon as Diane says she's cool with it, he's like, I'm out of here. See ya. And so then we just have Diane and Scotty sitting there, and Scotty is not happy about the situation. Well, Scotty's feeling a little nervous. And, and Diane can tell. She thinks he's nervous about her driving his van. And then he has to admit, he goes, no, I need somebody to feed me. And then she goes, oh, don't worry, I washed my hands. Yeah, she's like, I'm your date. Why shouldn't I be the one to feed you? Not a typical thing you do on a date. She's raring to go. Really liking this Scotty guy. Well, they laugh and smile. They break the tension. We don't have any scenes of the actual meal. No. But seems like it went okay. Fade to black. And we see Mark asleep on the couch. And the camera pans over to a TV on static. Which... You know, we probably, being around the same age and having been children in the 80s, you kind of understand when the TV is on static, it means that it's late at night. Yes. It's so late, uh, there's nothing on the television anymore. That used to happen. TV did not used to have junk on it 24-7. They would stop broadcasting stuff at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. That seems so strange now. And they'd play like some weird patriotic sign-off. Like some stations would be like, oh, this this commemorates the end of CBS broadcast day. And then they would like show like some montage of like the American flag and the Statue of Liberty and the like national anthem would play. Strange. We see a hand reach over and flip the TV off. And Mark wakes up. (laughs) What what time is it? And it's John and he goes, it's 5 a.m. Mark's like, what? You left them alone? Where, where, where's my cousin? Well, it turns out Scotty and Diane did not get back to the apartment from their date until 2 a.m. Now we get a little third wheel here. John was there to drive Diane home? I don't know why John was there. Because I was thinking Diane could have just driven to Scotty's place, but maybe Scotty wanted to pick her up. That's like the gentlemanly thing to do. Yeah, I think he do. picked her up. So Jonathan's there to give Diane a ride home. Well, yeah. these are the kind of transportation logistics that keep a date going until 2 a.m., you know? So they get back to the apartment at 2 a.m., and then they just hang out and talk for a few hours? And then I Jonathan think. just stared at them while they made out. It's like, I'm not here. Don't worry about it, guys. I'm yeah. not here. Highway to Heaven Revisited will return after a brief intermission. This is the intermission. It is happening right now. Please subscribe to Highway to Heaven Revisited wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you will never miss an episode. Visit our website, highwaytoheavenrevisited.com to listen to every episode of the podcast. While you are there, you will find links to our social media pages, contact information, and ways you can help support the show. 
If you enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting Highway to Heaven Revisited on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash highway to heaven revisited to see the variety of special perks exclusive to Patreon patrons. Is your company interested in sponsoring Highway to Heaven Revisited? Please send an email to Highway to Heaven Revisited at gmail.com. Sam has been waiting his whole life to read your ads on the show. Intermission is over. John's reporting this date back. He's like, yeah, Scotty, he's really smitten with your cousin. Because it's obvious to everybody except for Mark at this point. What do you mean, Diana, Scotty? I thought you were with him. No, I thought they'd have a better time alone. What are you talking about? I think our friend Scotty is smitten with your cousin. You're kidding. (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. Well, I hope he doesn't get too serious. But why not? No. Wouldn't want to see him get hurt, you know, with Oh, you mean because he's handicapped? Well, yeah. Nothing could work out between those two. You know that. No, I don't know that. Good night, Mark. And then Mark's just left alone, reckoning with his own inherent prejudice. Yeah. I mean, his life has changed a lot since he met Jonathan. He's had to confront a lot of things. And I think, to Mark's credit, he has. He has been willing to reevaluate his position on things. It's the morning now, and we see Diane coming home. She's pulling up to her own apartment in what can only be a brand new 1985 Chrysler Daytona Turbo marine and white two-tone sports car. Joel, you are bringing a new automotive dimension. <laughs> to this podcast that has never been present before. Wow. And I got to tell you, I like it. For sure. But yeah, I looked at it and this was this year's vehicle. She pulls up to her house. She goes in and she sees Mark. She hugs Mark. Mark invites Diane to dinner. She can't go. She has plans. She's got another date with Scotty. And Mark's like, okay, okay. What is this thing with you and Scotty, Diane? And Diane's like, I like him. And Mark goes, you mean you feel sorry for him? And Diane says, no, I like him. He's funny. He's bright. Mark says, he's a quadriplegic. And Diane's like, um, yeah, I noticed that, Mark. You know what? I noticed that. I know. Can you believe it? But I'm a big girl. She said, we're just two people enjoying each other. I wish he wasn't handicapped but he is. Maybe he would not be the same person if he wasn't. I'm a big girl and I know what I'm feeling and it isn't pity. Okay, so Mark gets no dinner. But I do want to say Diane did tell Mark she invited him over for dinner the next night. Yeah, I'll make paella. over tomorrow. I feel like Mark was just going to bring that up anyway. Like, let's have dinner so I can tell you how much I don't think it's appropriate for you to date Scotty. Right, he probably felt like as her older cousin he needed to give Mm. her a little guidance. And she was like, uh, no, I'm good. All right, get ready for a little montage. So Scotty and Diane are at the beach. They're looking at the ocean. They're smiling, watching the birds. A bird does poop on Scotty's jacket collar, but they just laugh about it. I think what's good about it is is like the the bird poops on him and there's this like little pause. And I think what I like is it's this little moment where you're like, oh, I should feel even more pity. Then there's a pause, Diane laughs. Then it's like, oh, now you're laughing at somebody you should be even feeling even more pity for and then scotty laughs i like that because i feel like 
I don't know. It's just I proof like that. that like these people There's something with beyond. afflictions live they live whole lives despite their inabilities. Yeah. There's something much deeper than just this superficial layer of the first thing you see. This is a good way to show the American television viewing audience of this era that people with afflictions of some sort, they are still three-dimensional human beings inside their brains. The next part of the montage resumed way in on a building crane. And we see Diane and Scotty talking to each other with hard hats on. Diane's like, this is my structure that's currently being erected, Scotty. He's like, it certainly is being erected. And then in the next scene, Diane is feeding Scotty some cheese pizza. A lot of questions there. Let's not have that conversation, Sam. See how we moved on? Moving on? Okay. Cheese pizza, you say? Yeah, feeding some cheese pizza. Cheese pizza. She's feeding him pizza. And again, it's a situation where he gets like this huge mouthful and he's kind of like slurping up the cheese and gets grease all over his mouth. And you could feel pity, but they just slant it where you don't. Just sort of like, that's life. I like this Diane lady. She's like, too. life is messy. Mm-hmm. I'm here with you, Scatty. So then we're going to a movie theater. We're watching a movie. Big mm-hmm. crowded movie theater and the camera's zooming in past everybody. Guess what happened? We zoom in on Scotty and Diane. Guess what Sitting happened? next to each What's other. What's going to happen? Did Scotty do that crazy thing where he cut a hole in the box of popcorn? (laughs) Scotty cannot use his hands. Maybe he had Larry do it. (laughs) There is no popcorn. Okay, they kiss. Of course they kiss. No, not quite. Diane reaches over to hold Scotty's hand. So they're just holding hands at this point. But they're smiling at each other and holding hands. And they start looking longingly into each other's eyes. Mm -hmm. But we have to go back to the beach. Boom, we're on the beach and boom. They are, I'm going to say they are highway to heaven style kissing, which means we see the back of a head and what I like to call some nuzzling. It's just very unclear what's happening, except the faces are really close together. The camera's far back and as it pans in the faces pull apart so they're kissing you know i could picture myself married to you you what you heard me yeah well i couldn't why not because come on you're not serious i'm being very serious why not don't you see you have to spend the rest of your life taking care of me i thought that's what husbands and wives do they take care of each other can't even I can't even put my arms around you. Well, I can put mine around you. And you're the only one I want to put my arms around. Scotty, I know it's not going to be easy, but what marriage is? I know a lot of miserable couples and um None of them are handicapped. Then Scotty says, what about kids? I can't throw the football around with them. She's like, it doesn't matter. You can give them love and knowledge. And then she says, when you see football players on TV, they're not all like thanking their dads. They always thank their moms. And their moms probably didn't throw footballs around with them. Which, you know, it, it, I'm it's 1985. Well. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, look, I love you, Scotty. I'm not going to beg you, but I think I would make you a damn good wife. What more can I say? You decide. And then... We should all be so lucky. Then... To meet such such a sexy, assertive lady. Being like, hey... Can you imagine? She's awesome. She's a lot of fun to be around. She's willing to like do a whole lot of stuff. And then she's just like, look, I'm going to make you a good wife. That's it. Make your decision. And she says, I'm going to make it very difficult for you to say no. And then there's definitely more kissing. Diane is all in. She's Team Scotty for life. Yeah, literally. I wonder if the husband and wife duo that wrote this, if you know this happened in their real life. And she's like, yeah, someday maybe I'll even write a script where you get to like smooch some actresses. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
You know I'm not a writer, right, Joel? <laughs> not yet, but you weren't a podcaster when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> so things are going pretty okay. They're in the van. Diane is driving. And Scotty says, look, Diane, I really love you. I'm just so scared. And Diane's like, that makes two of us. But it's a good scared, isn't it? And Scotty's like, it is. Well, there's hope for this couple yet. Things are going a little too well, though. Right? Hard cut. We Hard are cut. It's middle of the night, and we see an old guy in his car, and he is drinking out of a bottle of whiskey. And his he, car is in motion? No, his He's car parked. is parked. He's drinking straight from the bottle. Finishes it. Chucks the bottle out of the window. Turns the keys over, starts the car, and hits that accelerator. Okay, so we're either going to deal with a car crash or a flat tire, because there is <laughs> glass on the roadway, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a car crash. We see Scotty's van. Boom. Giant fireball explosion. Huge (laughs) accident. Then we zoom in and we see a wheelchair and we see flames in the background and we see a little slender, lifeless hand dangling. And we see like an unconscious Scotty slumped over. The impression was like, whoa, there's a mangle. Bad things have happened. People are injured and there is fire in the background. Then we see an old-fashioned ambulance, which is a 1958 Dodge panel van, pull up. And everyone's rushing. We're at the ER. Lights, flashing, noise. And then we pull up and we see Scotty's in bed in a hospital gown laying in Mm -hmm. bed he's awake and he's staring at the ceiling Jonathan and Mark come into the hospital room and the first thing they say is Diane is going to be fine nothing is wrong with her she's going to stay in the hospital overnight anyways so Diane's going home tomorrow you two were lucky everybody is fine great Mm -hmm. good to know and then Jonathan's like I hear congratulations are in order Diane told us Scotty's not in the mood he's just been in a car accident he was like yeah I I mean I was kind of thinking about getting married but no no we got in a car accident yeah Scotty's like I changed my mind. Oh, Scotty. We understand congratulations are in order. Diane told us. Told you what? Oh, come on. Don't play Mickey the Dunce about you two getting married. Yeah, well, you're a little premature. I changed my mind. What are you talking about? You know what would have happened tonight if somebody didn't pull us out of that van? She'd be dead now. She'd be dead because I couldn't do anything to help her. Oh, come on, Scotty. Listen. That- no, you listen. I've been kidding myself, but no more can't be a husband or a father. What the hell am I supposed to do if my kid falls into a lake? Just watch him die? Well, he did say hell, so how does Michael land and make him pay for it? He doesn't. Scotty gets a pass. He gets a pass. pass. Mm -hmm. He then says she would be just as handicapped as me if we got married. Yeah, she'd have to give up everything to help me. She'd have to wash me. She'd have to change me. Scotty's just completely talked himself out of this. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you don't want to get into any relationship where the person wants to change you. (laughs) They have to accept who you are. Oh, yes. Yes. And then Scotty's just like, I want it over. John, can you tell her? Yeah. He says, I want it over. I'm not going to tell her. You tell her, Jonathan. And Jonathan's like, I think you should tell her. Do it yourself, dude. And Scotty says, for God's sake, just do what I asked. Now leave me alone, will ya? And Mark and Jonathan leave. Wow, Scotty's really hit the bottom. We're back at wherever Mark has been staying. He's staring out the window. There's somber flute music playing. Then John enters dramatically. And they talk about From behind the drapes. (laughs) Yeah. He has another spooky entry from behind the drapes. And Mark's like, found you. (laughs) They talk about their feelings. Mark says, life is funny, isn't it? I thought Diane was making the biggest mistake of her life. I wanted the relationship over for her sake. Now I think Scotty's making the biggest mistake of his life. Whew, the look on her face tonight when we told her it was off. She really loves him. Like Mark just got it. Like she looked past the handicap and saw the person. So they actually went through it? Like Jonathan Price said, you tell her. (laughs) 
but then they told her anyway. Yeah. Yes, Jonathan Price did say that. Okay. I think it's when, he, when, when he said the Lord's name, I think, because he's like, for God's sake, you do it. And he's like, well, you invoked the magic word. I have to now. Yeah. So I guess we're learning a few more of the angel rules. Oh, yeah. You could literally milk your relationship with Michael Landon for anything it was worth. You could just be like, for God's sake. Give me give- a six pack of Coors Light and enough food for a horse. For God's sake. Give me the Criterion Collection of the Godzilla films. All 25. For God's sake, for God's sake, turn my wife into a writer. <laughs> I don't understand that. Oh, oh, I get it. I get it now. I guess that's the secret. Anytime you need Michael Landon to do something for you, you just have to preface it with the phrase, for God's sake. Yes. Yeah. Okay, where are we next? We're back at Diane's apartment. It's daytime. Mark and Jonathan are at the door. Diane is sitting at a drafting table, by the way, wearing a kind of an artistic sweater. Mark and John come in. They say, hey, we're going to pick up Scotty at the hospital, you know? Want to come along? And she's like, no, Scotty's made up his mind. He won't even talk to me. I've been calling him all week, and he won't even take my calls. I'm tired of leaving messages. It's the same thing. He's made it clear. It's over. And she thanks Mark for being here through all of this. But we find out that Mark and Jonathan are leaving tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, they've already been here at least a week and a half at this point. It's like five days too long for most of the problems. Yeah. So they said, hey, you know, why don't we just plan a farewell dinner? Yeah, we're going to have dinner tonight. Pick you up at seven, Diane. We're going to go see Scotty. Do you want us to tell him anything? And she says, hell, I don't know. Tell him to get stuff. At least tell him I keep washing my hands. Tell him I'll keep my hands washed. That's going to crack Scotty wide open. I can tell. It's cool to know that she, as an architect, has her own personal drafting table at her house, though. I think so, too. I kind of want one if anybody wants to look at my Amazon wish list. Where can they find a link to your Amazon wish list? <laughs> you know what? Highwaytoheaven.com. Nice. <laughs> Backslash Rachel's Amazon wish list. That'd be kind of fun and a real way to take advantage of the generosity of our audience if we just set up like Amazon wish lists uh, <laughs> on the website. And then we could really gauge like who the fan favorite is, who's getting more <laughs> swag for free off their Amazon wish list. And oh. then it would really drive a wedge into this uh, tripod we got going on this show, guys. It'd be fun. We all like healthy competition, right? Yeah. 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 I think I should request lots of clothing and it could then wear to the next time we record an episode. But look what the fans got me. I got this sweater with stars on it or this brown matte leather jacket just like season one episode 19 guys who am i who am i (laughs) i got this power wheelchair (laughs) i got a dowel rod i'm getting the hint that your amazon wish list at least like the first 25 items are going to be based purely on the content of this particular episode (laughs) joel yeah Yeah, it sounds that way fair enough i'm just gonna find out what my favorite episode is and uh do the same thing we'll see whose uh wish list gets up there first joel It's a plan. It'll probably be Rachel's list that gets up there first. One, because she already has one, and two, she's designing the website. Yeah, I do uh, have an advantage. Highwaytoheavenrevisited.com. Home page. Highwaytoheavenrevisited. Rachel's Amazon wish list. Upper right corner. Mm -hmm. So, Scotty is coming home from the hospital. We are in the van. Mark and Jonathan are both driving Scotty home. Jonathan says, I have to stop by an old friend's house. I think you'll like him. He's a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And Joel and I had to listen to this like three times. Because Michael Landon said it very quickly. I think you'll like him. He's a nice guy. And we both thought he was saying, I think you'll like him. He's paralyzed. Which <laughs> he's paralyzed. He, he is. Spoiler, he is. Yes. But. He's real nice. I think you'll like him. 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 
they show up and there's some kids and some mom out in the front yard and they're setting up a big old tent in the yard. Mm-hmm. Three kids and one mom. It's a birthday party. Could it's be. a lemonade stand. It's just it's a craft fair. This is it's just this is my happy, happy family having a really good time. Jonathan and Mark get out of the van and they try to get Scotty to come out and he's like, No, I don't feel like socializing. I just want to wait in the van. Jonathan and Mark go to talk to this woman, and Jonathan's like, It's Jack around? And she's like, Yeah, he's out back trying to avoid helping with this tent. And then Jack comes around, he has a kid in his lap, and he's in a wheelchair. Got his little girl in the lap, so we've got four children and mom and dad. This man in the wheelchair has definitely sowed his seed. Yes. He's the paterfamilias. Yes. And he does not like erecting tents. And uh, for fun, this dad, Jack, uh, is played by the actor Alan Troy, who who is paralyzed in real life. And uh, he's most known for being in a whole bunch of episodes of 90210. There was a season where there was a cult leader, and he played the Professor Patrick Finley. I can't believe I don't remember that storyline. Wow. That sounds like a storyline I would love, and I watch so much 90210. It's like ringing a bell that maybe something with Don? I don't know. You know, I didn't actually watch much of 90210, but I thought it was interesting that Jason Priestley's family, like they moved from Minnesota to 90210, right? Yes, that is correct. Is the first show I remember, I think it came out when I was in sixth grade. And it was like the first show I remember my girlfriends coming to school the next day and being like, did you see this show? Did you see what happened? And like you had to watch it. It was a really big deal. So we have this actor, Alan Troy, and I believe the wife in this is his wife in real life. What? That can't, I feel like that can't happen. As long as you're friends with Michael Landon, you and your spouse can be on the show. You can be on the show and your wife can write the show. As long as you're just like cool with Michael Landon. The little that I've looked up the actors on the show, every once in a while you'll find someone who literally has been in like four episodes of television in their life and it's like Highway to Heaven, Little House on the Prairie, Bonanza. So I'm Uh like, are they just like Michael Landon's buddy or what? You know? It's crazy. But so she's his wife in real life. That's cool. He's a good looking dude. Dude, good for her. There's a way more to the quality of a man than his appearance. He's a Says good looking dude. Joel. Good for her. All right, so this scene obviously is put in front of Scotty's face to give him some real clarity on his own personal situation. Yeah. It's like, hey, look at a guy. He's not exactly like you, but he's kind of like you, and he's living his life. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happens. They have a little heart to heart. They're in their backyard. By the pool. By the pool. Look, I agonized about putting this pool in. In my mind's eye, I kept seeing the baby fall in, and here I am. So what do you do? You be careful. In a way, I think it's safer for the kids. Being on wheels, you don't take anything for granted. But what if... Wait, wait, wait. You can butt if yourself to death. What if this happens, what if that happens? But you can't do that. Nobody can. Gotta live life in the minute, pal. (laughs) That's funny. I used to tell new wheels the same thing at the hospital. Well, it's a lot easier to give advice than it is to take it, isn't it? Then Scotty says, I think I'd like to go see Diane. But before we go, I need to get to the store. Oh, yeah. Because he has got a green tuxedo to buy. He's showing up in a fancy green sequined tuxedo. And he's like, hey, uh, let's go out and uh, maybe uh, if we're lucky, a bird to poop on this one. (laughs) 
I don't think they had enough time in the episode. We're okay. almost done. So there's no room for another montage. No. Well, fine. When we remake this show episode by episode, starring Joel Luters and all the Scotty <laughs> Walker parts, we are going to give this episode a second montage with a green sequin tuxedo and even more bird poop than the first montage. You'd look really good in a green sequin tuxedo, Joel. Well, thank you so much. My dad got married in a powder blue tuxedo. Oh, man. Mine too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Is that the I'm real pretty, secret to I'm your guys' sure relationship? That's true. We're both born in Kansas. We both live in Minnesota and both of our our fathers we were powder blue. do not tuxedos. have the same father, though. Just that to be is clear. very yeah. good as married people. Yep. Okay, we have a really good scene coming up. Diane's in her apartment. She's pacing around. Yeah. She's had a bad week. We hear like a banging on Diane's door, like a. <laughs> <laughs> it's Scotty running into his door with their chair because he can't uh-huh. knock. And he says, Hi. She says, Hi. He says, Can I come in? And she says, Sure. He goes okay. to the apartment. And he tells her Jonathan and Mark are waiting downstairs because they did have dinner plans. And then Scotty just gets into it. He says, I'll make this short. Yeah. I've been a jackass. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm over it now. I love that. That's a really good line. Isn't that a good line? I've been a jackass, but I'm over it now. I might use that in my real life. I might too, actually. Look, I'll make this short. (laughs) I've been a jackass, but I'm over it now. And if it's not too late, I mean... If you haven't changed your mind, I'd like to ask you to marry me. I'll understand if you say no. Yes. Oh, yes, Scotty. Okay. Would you do something crazy if I asked you? Anything. Would you put your finger in my mouth? Okay. This really happened? Joel isn't taking us on a, on a journey no, right no, now? No, no. This really happened. And it's really hard to explain this scene because they actually pull it off. It's kind of sexy a little bit, okay, actually. I, I assume yeah. it'd be a little sexy. Sure. He asks her to put her ring finger in his mouth, and she does. She, like, sticks her hand yeah. in his mouth very uh-huh. slowly, uh-huh. and she pulls it out, and she has a wedding ring on it. Wow. Not only does that show that they're now engaged, but it also proves that Scotty, despite his lack of dexterity with his limbs, seems to be quite dexterous with his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Highway to heaven, get in the little risque. I'm sure yeah. his spouse wrote that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, get that part about your freaky tongue in <laughs> yeah. the script, Scotty. And he's like, oh, oh. if you insist. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So, so romantic music plays. She goes, man, I love you, you crazy nut. And Scotty says, it takes one to know one. Two nuts in a peanut shell. There you mm-hmm. go. True love. Okay, so is that the very last moment? No, ding, one more. Dong, one more. Ding, dong. Yeah, we're gonna wrap this up. There's a spire across on a white sky and the camera zooms back and we see one of the wildest modern chapels ever. So we fast forward straight to the wedding. Straight to the wedding. People are tossing rice. It's like a rainstorm of rice. There's a lot of rice falling. I've also pelted married people with bird seed. Actually like legitimate bird seed. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that too. Joel and I threw kittens. Yeah. (laughs) 
We had a bunch of kittens at the end of our wedding. You nice. weren't there. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I wasn't Threw there. Kittens. No, we didn't know each other that well then. I'm sure they were fine afterwards. They just all ran off. Yeah, they just ran off into yeah. the woods. Yeah, we told people they could take them home, but I don't know how that worked out. Their loss. It was a free kitty day at your guys' wedding. Yeah. All right, so do they get into the van? I assume they yeah, watch yeah, yeah. the ma- happy oh, couple yeah. get into the van. They yeah. get into the souped van. Up. That's pretty much the end of the scene. Get into the van. Jonathan and Mark are there. They're like, have a great honeymoon. We'll see you. Mark first says... That marriage is going to make it. And Jonathan says, it should. It was made in heaven. Van wow. drives off dragon chain, dragon cans. Dragon chains. Chains. <laughs> dragon chains. Dragon chains. And These it's been- chains were formed in life, Ebenezer. <laughs> They're being chased down by six folks in wheelchairs. Yeah. Cheering and chasing them. It's a wheelchair parade following the van. Okay. This was a good one. I feel like it was very solid. It was great seeing Scotty back in here again. We've introduced a new character, Diane, who's going to come back. She was a very strong character. I liked her. We're going to see her flourish as an architect. I think we'll see her flourish as something. I don't know. She'll probably have kids and stop working. Yeah. I don't know. Oh we'll gosh. find out. But it's going to be a couple seasons from now, I think, mm-hmm. that we see him again. Yeah, not this season. All right. So you're going to have to wait for your Scotty Walker fix. But in the meantime, how about a little Landon factor? You know how it goes, Joel and Rachel on a... A scale of 1 to 10, Michael Landon's, how do you rate this episode? Season 1, episode 19, A Match Made in Heaven, which is definitely not an episode about a child arsonist learning the lesson not to burn the house down. No. I couldn't have been more far off, actually, guys. You gave me quite no. a lot of credit for yeah. being somewhere in the pocket, and boy, I was in the other pocket. This is a supportive team. Okay. So who wants to go first today? I'm thinking because I I really enjoyed this episode more than I've enjoyed some others. It was fun to watch, but that doesn't necessarily translate into the Landon factor. There was the car fixing of the lift. There was the messenger boy service. There was not a lot of angel magic, though, was there? There was some light Michael Landon persuasion with Larry. Right, but I mean... Go home, Larry. I think he would have done that anyways if he was just like, hey, you have a night off unexpected? Sweet. He made Uh, a horse neigh in the other room. He made a horse neigh in the other room. Yes, which is quite heavy-handed and very strange. I kind of have to say at this point, I wish I had like a chart in front of me of how I've scored these <laughs> yeah. episodes. I mean, I remember how I scored the first one because none of us can forget that. No. I'm going to go with 7 out of 10. That's pretty high. Mm-hmm. That's fine. 7.0 from the Rachel Mayer zone. What about the Joel Looters zone? This is so tricky yeah. because the Landon factor, Michael Landon, the character, like he's not the one giving the lessons or the one-liners or a lot of even like crutch kicking. When there were opportunities for crutch kicking, he kind of threw his hands up. He's like, all right, fine. I'm just going to leave right now. I mean, he kicked Mark a little bit where he was like, hey, you know what? They love each other. Get over it. You're the one with the problem. And there wasn't any of the Landon charm. There was all Scotty charm. There was a lot of Scotty charm. Mm-hmm. So that's what's really tricky because like, I really like this episode and I think this is going to be one of those ones that I remember for a really long time. And if I were to just give it a, a high rating, I would be like, well, if you're going to watch the first season, make sure you watch Fresh Glass of the Lemonade and then watch this one later on. Like, I would highly recommend it. But for the Landon factor, six, five, five, ha- five and a half. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, that is your Michael Landon factor for season one, episode 19, A Fresh Batch of Lemonade. Part three. Part three, all aka A Match Made in Heaven. Yes. Like a 6.25 or something. Yeah. What do you feel like the moral was of this episode? You know, I think it's pretty obvious. Everybody in the world is capable of love despite their earthly limitations. 
And don't discount anybody because they might have a real, real tricky tongue. Good point. Should be on a poster. <laughs> I mean, that goes with what I, I felt like. I mean, it was really just summed up in one sentence in the episode. We said uh, that Diane has the ability to look past the disability and see the person. But yeah, what you're describing, Joel, it's it's tricky not to view someone who has what we see as a weakness is like less than or in need of care because they are in need of certain types of care. Mm-hmm. But we all are. Most of us not quite so physical. And, you know, honestly... We've talked about it before, but these are themes on this show that are really explored in great detail. And I think themes that don't really get explored on a lot of other shows today or especially during the time it was made. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of an important TV show in that kind of way. Absolutely. That's why I freaking like this show now. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like it makes me like a better person by watching it. I think it does. (laughs) I mean, I agree. Well, Joel and Rachel, thanks for bringing me through yet another episode of this wonderful program. Highway to Heaven. It's been a real pleasure sharing this time with you today. Anytime. Thanks again for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. This podcast is called Highway to Heaven Revisited. It's available wherever you can get podcasts. They're not available on VHS yet. We're working on that. There's some manufacturing problems in 2020 as far as uh, VHS manufacturing goes, but um, we'll work on that for you in the analog realm, everybody. But in the meantime, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again on the next episode of Highway to Heaven Revisited. Bye. Yay. Next time on Highway to Heaven Revisited. Nice is for nerds. I'm rich, and rich is how I intend to stay. My boss isn't going to like that. Your boss? Oh, yeah. Let me see that promo, will you? Just a minute. You're not trying to mug me, are you? I'm warning you. I've had self-defense. Don't be absurd. Just give me this, will you? Highway to Heaven Revisited is the galaxy's only podcast offering a comprehensive view of Michael Landon's classic 1980s television series, Highway to Heaven. Do you want to watch along with Rachel and Joel? Highway to Heaven is streaming almost anywhere. Check your favorite streaming platform to see if it is available. Please follow Highway to Heaven Revisited on Instagram. That's at Highway to Heaven Revisited. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts or moderator? Call the Hotline to Heaven. The number is 612-356-2495. That number again is 612-FLOW-BIZ-5. Your message might be played on the show. Or send the show an email at Highway to Heaven Revisited at gmail.com. Your message might be featured on the show. If you have time, please rate and review Highway to Heaven Revisited wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. Theme music composed by Brian Just. Thank you for listening, and be sure to join the gang for the next episode. Highway to Heaven Revisited is a Channel 3 TV production.